Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Last time on the Multiverse Blues, Jules caught up with their crew, concert already underway in, at the Harmony Theater. A spy is caught trying to steal Jules' life. To prove they're the real Jules, both were asked to divulge secrets. The Multiverse Blues, Chapter 15 me and the devil blues. I was trying to do the right thing, said the other jewels, their eyes pleading with us to believe them. Before anyone else could ask a question, I got out in their face and said, by setting me up, how's that doing the right thing? Making me take the fall for something you thought needed doing isn't right. You should have done it yourself. Delta jewels closed their eyes and nodded. I know, I know. I figured I'd hitch a ride out of Delta and eventually they'd figure out that you're not me and let you go. They opened their eyes to look into mine and murmured, Win-win, right? Rage flooded through me, and I pulled back a hand to strike the coward. They winced in anticipation, but the blow never landed. Instead, I let out a strangled growl and stalked off, fighting back angry tears. Dribbler intercepted me and put his arms around me. I let him hold me while I shook. Pity you chose this route, sang Hope. If you had only told us about Coral's captivity, we would have helped willingly. But now we have deception between us, trickery, and we are all in danger, and we cannot escape through the main archgate. It will be watched, especially since they know we have jewels. Perhaps they already know we have both of you. My twin said, I know another way, an older, smaller portal. I think I can get us out that way. Marcy said, Get us out? What makes you think you're going with us? No way, I hissed. We're not taking that backstabber with us. Hope held up a hand, looking right at me with her deep eyes. She sang, Jules, let's hear them out. We need to escape this as soon as possible. I don't even want to finish the concert, but ending abruptly would sound even more alarms. I scowled at her. How could you, Hope? They betrayed me. How do you know they won't do it again? Hope approached me and put both hands on my cheeks, even as Dribbler's arms encircled me from behind. She put her face an inch from my own and whispered, I would not, except the Arch Authority, which evidently uses my kind to stabilize their portals, is now down one Tristellian, and I am the obvious replacement. Do you wish me to see me in that tank? N no, I replied, warring within myself. She leaned forward just a touch and kissed me. Her lips were wide and firm and warm upon mine. The rage within me transformed into a softer, but just as powerful emotion, and I let myself get lost in that kiss. When she withdrew, she whispered, Please trust me, Jules. This other you will not get the chance to betray you or us. Besides, being you, they cannot truly be evil. We just do not understand all that is behind their actions. As her hands left my face, I nodded. Okay, Hope. I'm with Jules, our Jules, that is, said Marcy. I don't trust the other one, and I don't want a trickster like that coming along with us. Babs folded her arms and nodded. Me neither. No way. Sorry, Hope, but I don't want them on La Esperanza. Harlan looked like he wanted to say something, but he and Hope exchanged a long look and instead he dropped his gaze to the floor, his eyes hooded and dark. Behind me, Dribbler said, I'm with the others. They can't be trusted. 
Jasmine the cat rubbed up against my legs and let out a long, sad yowl. Meow. Hope crossed to Delta Jewels and put one hand on their shoulder and turned to face the rest of the crew. What shall we do then? We have to finish the show and we have to get out of this verse. This other Jewels, as untrustworthy as they may be, is our only real hope of escape. Delta Jewels blurted out, I, I don't have to come along very far with you, just to the next place. Drop me off in Ox even, I don't care. What if you could just stay here, I said. Why not just blame me, an outside agent, masquerading as you? I only barely fooled your spouses into believing I was you anyway. Maybe we could leave you tied up at the gate. It would all be true. You never told me to free Coral. I did that on my own. My doppelganger locked eyes with me. Yeah? How to explain where I was all day? I shrugged. Maybe you tell them you wanted to get more information on Hope to help capture her. But it went all wrong and we figured you out. I mean, don't you want to go back to your life? The other jewels smiled. Funny question. I could ask you the same thing. I laughed. I hardly think we're in the same situation. You have, Sam and Patrick. You've made it work with them somehow, where I didn't. And speaking of Patrick, how did you manage to get Patrick in on this? Or was that your Patrick pretending to be him? They shook their head. No, that wasn't my doing. In fact, I thought he might ruin my chances of getting you alone to make the switch. I think you suspected something was up, Han, honestly, but I convinced him to go back to Beta. I told them that I, I mean you, would get in touch with him soon. I hinted that Hope's tour might be coming back around to Beta and that you might try to make things right with your Sam when it did. I cried, I can't believe you'd... But I was cut off by Marcy. She looked at Delta Jules. Look, the crowd's getting restless and we're out of time. Can you make that work? The other Jules hesitated, then nodded. Okay, but leave me these basic specs at least. They'll help back up my story and I won't have to wait hours to be discovered. Babs shook her head and started to retort, but Marcy stopped by holding up a hand. Sure, but our jewels will hang on to the specs until we leave. Then we'll leave them off and out of easy reach. Give us a little head start and make your story more believable, too. Okay? With a nod, they agreed. We'll need to swap clothes again, I said to my twin, as Dribbler loosened his comforting hold on me. What? Why? Because I'm finishing out the show while Marcy keeps you under guard backstage, and it wouldn't do to have a sudden costume change by the stage crew. Besides, I like that dress. You can't keep it. By the time we'd finished changing clothes, the crowd began chanting in unison, We want the show. Bring back hope. We want the show. Bring back hope. I made my way up to the balcony booth, wearing my, the specs I'd been given when we arrived. With them on, the Harmony Theater literally glowed with seemingly magical gilding everywhere. The virtual augmentation transformed the somewhat plain old venue into a palace of wonders. I had to turn down the opacity on my specs to 20% to keep from being overwhelmed by the grandeur superimposed upon the walls and edging. Okay, I'm lying. My mind wasn't on the augmented reality of the Harmony Theater, nor was it on the dangers that could be lurking within the crowd or outside the venue. No, my mind whirled at excitement at that kiss from Hope and from the wonderful safe feeling of Dribbler's arms around me. I mean, I had no idea what to do with those thoughts and feelings, nor did I have any idea what might happen next. I did feel light as air. 
My embarrassment from this morning, and then again from having to reveal my crushes backstage, had all dissolved into thin air with that wonderful kiss, that reassuring embrace. Sure, the other jewels had both Sam and Patrick, but I wouldn't swap lives with them for anything. The future seemed full of exciting possibilities. Harlan's cue came over the specs at the perfect time. As I sat behind the consoles, I lowered the house lights and raised the stage lights, revealing Dribbler at his drum set and Babs wielding her electric guitar like a rock goddess. I left the main spotlight dark until I got the signal. Then I made hope seem to materialize in a dazzling spotlight of intense blue. Babs punctuated Hope's appearance with a stinging electric riff that had the audience on their feet, screaming in joy. Hope touched the mic in its stand before her and sang, Thank you, everyone, and since you're all standing, it's now time to do our anthem. Dribbler and Babs exchanged a look, a nod, and a grin. Then the two of them launched into an intricate rhythm and melody, flirting and teasing one another in what sounded like a kind of tango. I'll admit, I didn't know the song, so I was as mystified as anyone there as Hope began to sing. Her words came as protestations of being mistreated by us, the audience, admitting her own frailties and seeming to cry even as her voice reached for the rafters and tore down the hearts of everyone who could hear her, proclaiming that she was almost human, despite what we might think. Through the song, Hope pleaded with us to see her as worthy of being treated as one of us. I wept there in the control booth, her words tearing at me as though I had wronged her myself. I wanted to cry out to her to tell her she wasn't merely human, but so much more. I'm not always great at reading crowds, but the energy of the auditorium surrounding me fairly crackled with the same feeling. People cried out things like, I love you, Hope, or you're so beautiful. The tone of the song shifted from accusation and self-flagellation to a more tender and powerful declaration of Hope's humanity, inviting us to touch her, but not to touch her, but also to touch her. At the end, Dribbler stopped the rhythm and Babs plucked at her strings one at a time in a playful way. Then she did a long, sad electric slide as Hope bowed her head at the mic. Movement out of the corner of my eye broke the spell of the song. Someone ran down the far right aisle on the mezzanine floor, someone carrying something long and straight. I killed all the stage lights to protect Hope. I called out a warning over the private channel on my specs. Trouble incoming! Stage left! Get down! I brought the house lights up. A shot rang out, and the soundboard next to me exploded. Bits of plastic and metal showered me as I fell to the floor. Had I not had the specs on, some of the shrapnel that bounced off the virtual reality glasses could have blinded me. Harlan's voice crackled over the specs. Jules, are you okay? I decided not to reply in case my voice might give away my position. Instead, I crawled out of the booth and slunk down the row of seats, moving away from the gunman. People scattered out of my way, and I warned them to keep down as well. A man got onto the PA system, asking people to stay where they were, saying the situation was under control. I heard another shot go off amid screaming and fighting that now erupted in the Harmony Theater. This time, nothing exploded near me, and I fought my way through a stampede of concertgoers down the left-hand aisle to the stage right door. The guard who called me Scooter wasn't there, but the metal door had been shut. I banged on it, keeping my head down. Over the private channel on my specs, I said, Harlan, I'm at the door. Let me in. The door opened. 
Rather than a greeting from Harlan, Zamboni the robot grabbed me up in his powerful metal arms and carried me up the stairs at a run. I protested, but the robot ignored my cries. Ahead of us, I watched the rest of the crew already running out of an emergency exit door at the back of the backstage area. Hope held the door open as Babs carried her guitar and dragged the other jewels out, followed by Dribbler, who carried one of his drums, stand still attached. Hope scolded them for bringing instruments, then let out a burst of clicks and whistles as Zamboni placed me in front of her. The robot said, Here they are. Get in the bus. I'll drive. And with that, we fled the Harmony Theater, boarding the tour bus La Esperanza as though the hounds of hell were nipping at our heels. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at EC Garrison on Twitter, E. Chris Garrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. What up, co-workers? It's Hard at Work, show where we talk about nerds, so we talk about at work. To distract us from work, recorded at work. I'm Hard at Work, Matt. I'm Hard at Work, Nick. Our show comes on every Tuesday around 6 o'clock or so. That sounds about right. And what do we talk about? We talk about the nerdy stuff. You know, we're talking video games, movies, TV shows. How much insider knowledge we got? Zero. None at all. We don't know shit. How good are our opinions? Oh, they're real good. <laughs> they real good, though. <laughs> Trust me. So tune in. Give it a listen. You'll yeah. love it. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.